<laughs> so to speak yeah all right <laughs> <laughs> i press record oh you did yeah all right uh, so uh, i've been introduced as a loaded gun that's good news that's it hey okay <laughs> let me do this thing non-violence <laughs> over here <laughs> yeah no we don't we don't promote violence or loaded guns yeah. <laughs> uh, i don't know where this thing went oh there it is all right hey everybody welcome to another episode of recovery friends podcast uh, my name is andy i'm your host uh, real quick about the podcast, we are a podcast where people who are in active recovery from addiction uh, come on and share their unique experience in the hope that listeners still in active addiction can maybe identify with their stories and find hope for their own recovery. We are not affiliated or do we speak for any 12-step program or any other recovery-based entity. The words spoken here reflect the experiences of our guests and not the opinion of their chosen path to recovery. Thank you. All right. So today, <laughs> <laughs> today we're recording an early podcast. We usually do this at like night because I don't know. I feel like a nighttime uh, podcast is, is there's just like a feel when it's nighttime and you're recording a podcast. I don't know why I feel like it has to be at night. I know. Well, meetings are kind of at night. They're yeah. usually... I mean, there's some noon ones and morning ones, but just most of them are at night time yeah, and, and, I, and it just kind of fits in with them. Exactly. Our and, routine. And I feel like I got sober in those eight o'clock meetings. So that's <laughs> why I always record these at eight. They feel like they should be at eight. But anyways, oh. today's guest, y'all, special guest <laughs> is uh, Aubrey. And True. Um, yeah, Aubrey, mm-hmm. um, Aubrey is a pretty impressive young lady. <laughs> Thought you were gonna say weird <laughs> <laughs> and weird, impressively weird. And I will own it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think everybody I've had on is probably would be described as weird in some uh, in some respect. Um, so yeah, and in I don't know if you mind me saying this, I'll, I'll say like my earliest memories of you. Yeah, sure. Um, I'd be interested to hear them. <laughs> not that. <laughs> I, I, so I remember. I just my, my earliest remember, memory of you was that you. We're dating a guy I sponsored. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. And that's like always like the sticking memory I have of you. I was sponsoring him. He didn't have a whole lot of time. And I was like, dude, you shouldn't be dating necessarily because you're. And, and I didn't, what do I know? Right. Mm-hmm. Especially especially then, because I, I didn't have a whole lot of time. But I, I thought that maybe him dating wasn't a good idea. Mm-hmm. And I have this this weird. I don't even know if it was like a resentment or just <laughs> I, I just had this like suspicious view of you like oh no <laughs> <laughs> oh that's uh, yeah i mean i i think he, he did mention that to me um and he, i don't know how open he was you know with oh, you, probably but not we, at all we didn't <laughs> i was able to do 90 and 90 uh-huh. and i did 90 and 90 like yeah. i was very committed um and had a job and we only saw each other like twice a week it wasn't a very deep um relationship so he had plenty of time to do mm. <laughs> to do what he needed to do yeah um uh so you know <laughs> if you want to make it happen yeah you know that's you're it gonna, you're gonna make it happen and you're right see i think it's all like um case by case mm-hmm. um i tell you what though my experience personally i know that if i would have jumped in a relationship in early recovery i don't know that i would have been able to <laughs> lord have mercy i would have mm-hmm. In, in, in I have what some may consider long-term recovery, and relationships are very difficult for me. 
mm-hmm. now, having it, a pr- pr- what I think is a solid foundation, you know? So for me, personally, I don't think it would have been a great idea. And even though I did it, I would not suggest it. Yeah. I wouldn't suggest it to anyone. Because um, normally what happened would have been enmeshment. Mm. Um, it just worked out that um, there was an age gap and he was much younger. So um, it it didn't turn into that, but it could have easily yeah. have turned into that and not been good for either one of us. But yeah, but I had the space and I had the I'm going to die. Yeah. You were or ready. do this. Yeah, I was I was beyond ready. Wow. I was like, you know, the gift of desperation ready. Yeah. My life depends on it ready. So, you know, so we are we're also at different places uh, in life, in, in, in life, general. in life yeah. and um, in the stages of our addiction. Hmm. You know, I'd fully <laughs> like <laughs> I, there was no doubts in my mind that. I, it was what it was. And you stayed sober after. I mean, that's and, your, and I sub, that's your yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Some may say the relationship got you sober. No, I'm mm. joking. No, I was <laughs> like, mm, I don't know. I wouldn't say anything. I don't know. <laughs> it's s- hard to resist, though. Like, you go through so much suffering in the addiction and nothing feels good. Yeah. To have something feel good yeah. is it's, it's so hard we- to not want to have that fill you up it's almost irresistible and i think that's why they separate the men and the women yeah at that place <laughs> yeah um yeah because it's uh it's and it a, helps to ease the pain of everything that you're going through yeah easier you know? softer road mm, yeah 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 so uh yeah no so that was it and then and then i don't know i remember i don't know if you remember and this was around the same time i remember i remember like i was jogging down uh saint charles yeah on the tr- on the uh, the streetcar tracks, I used to jog down the streetcar tracks, and I just remember seeing you on the streetcar, and I could have sworn we made eye contact, <laughs> <laughs> and that was during this time. I don't remember that. <laughs> I remember that. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I remember weird things. I have like a really like like selective and weird memory. <laughs> no, it's no, no, it's so true. Like if you go back and like talk to your high school friends about certain events, like they will remember things differently than you did and details uh, that you didn't, and like you have completely different stories, narratives yeah. in your head. So, you know, we maybe we did make eye contact, and I just don't. I know, Remember. But, and, and at that time, I was still, like, kind of upset that he was dating. <laughs> so I was like, this guy, this girl. Like, that witch. <laughs> oh, that witch. Yeah, I, I don't know that I, that I had a resentment <laughs> towards you. Maybe I did. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, we're not here to talk about that. That was just a nice little intro <laughs> to talk about, uh, about your story, which is incredible that you stayed sober ever <laughs> since. Um, but I know you have a very colorful uh, journey leading up. Oh, yeah, there's there's nothing traditional about <laughs> any part of my life or story. Um, so, of course, I was born. Mm-hmm. That is a thing that happened. Um, <laughs> um, we don't have any choice over those circumstances. And I, I was born into um, why I said the loaded gun earlier um, was that I my mother was a, an addict and she was also um physically emotionally mentally abusive. Mm. Um so here you have um 
living in poverty and so you have the environmental factors you have the genetic predisposition and like trauma occurring over um a long span of time all of all of my brain development and so that is just waiting like like it's just waiting there how could it you not it's like the perfect soup yeah yeah and i i had made up my mind that i wasn't going to become an addict because i was so disgusted by what i saw and experienced um that i was very judgmental about Mm -hmm. um i was like i'm not even gonna smoke cigarettes or drink (laughs) in fact i didn't have my first drink till I was 18 you know which is like wow wow, you you, you know so in high school you were the girl who was like I'm not doing that y'all yeah and I'm better than you because Mm -hmm. of it you know like that was (laughs) that's how I felt about it um but obviously I'm on this show so that plan (laughs) (laughs) on your show to show us us how it worked out yeah from that time on (laughs) (laughs) but it's I'm I'm incredibly um grateful for my life Mm. um because in those circumstances it it could have ended tragically really um and for whatever reason um this was not the case for my brothers and sisters i there was five of us um one of her um and everyone did terribly in school except for me i was a straight A student and the well-behaved student um and my brothers and sisters reacted to the abuse like acting out and, and I'm I'm thinking what are you doing are you insane you're inviting more of it uh-huh. you know um so it did not spare me of you know of beatings and things like this but it I got less of it um, still traumatized me, um, yeah. of course. Um, so I, le- I learned, I learned how to, um, survive by just basically like just shutting, shutting down. And my, my saving grace was school. At least, yeah. so at least I had this outlet, this place I could go that I wanted where I wanted to be and, um, have support and, um, stuff that you that children want from parents, you know, like validation and praise and guidance. Yeah. Um, I was able to have somewhere, somewhere for that. And it was your uh, first escape of school, or one of them. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. Yeah. Very much, very much. Um, Which is weird. Well, yeah, most people are like, <laughs> "That's prison," and I can't wait to get out of here <laughs> and go home. And I'm like, yeah. "No, I do not want to go home." <laughs> and the other thing too is that once I got home, I was home. Like we were not allowed to leave the house or have friends over. Like we were confined um, in the home, so it really affected my ability to connect with other people because I was not given the chance to make bonds mm. um i mean what are you what are you gonna do <laughs> yeah. how can you if, if you know you're not allowed not even to like play in the yard or no nope yeah um so i mean that's you know there's something wrong with with a person who can do that to children and she she did tell us about some she experienced uh sexual abuse as a child 
um and she'd go into these rages about it um about why someone would do that to her and i didn't really understand what that was because i was so young um but i also remember thinking like why are you doing things that you're doing to us you know i could yeah it confused me it confused me a lot yeah Um, i don't think a kid I'm like I don't know what that is. <laughs> Obviously, a kid doesn't doesn't understand that maybe the person abusing them is somehow hurt mm-hmm. or suffering, and and maybe can't help it or to a degree, and it's and they're acting out on past trauma. A kid just automatically goes, "Oh, there's something wrong with me." Yeah, yeah. You yeah. and you internalize yeah. it. You don't have those skills to separate. Yeah. Any of that, your your brain's not. Um, it's not capable of like critical thinking, <laughs> no, of course you not. know? Um, so, and, and in, fa- in fact, you know, um, you, you made a really good point because I, I, I thought that, okay, um, I just have to do better, like be better, but I was as well behaved as a kid could be, <laughs> yeah. you know, I made straight A's. I never got in trouble. I, I would do nothing and still, you know, still receive punishments. Um, so it, it didn't, it put these deep seated things within me thinking like there's something missing, something wrong with me because I'm doing all the right things yet I'm receiving this treatment. Yeah. This, this really like physical violence and put downs and neglect and, um, so what what what's this what's the difference between me and the other kids at school because of course i'm in second grade i'm not going around talking about what's (laughs) happening like these these horror stories um and from the outside it looks well adapted yeah child quiet i was yeah i was very quiet i was very guarded and um um and people they thought it was i was shy but I was just afraid. <laughs> I was <laughs> afraid all the time to make any mistake. Um, wow. But I just kind of saw it as like, oh, she's just a quiet kid, mm. you know. Um, but she's making straight A's, so no alarms. Yeah. There's no alarms. Um, and, you know, you just, you're in it. So you, you, you just have to figure out a way to cope and survive from day to day. And just you can't think about what's going to happen down the line you don't even have the ability to think about what's going to happen down the line um but what happens when a person um has that coping mechanism is that you you numb yourself um so it decreases the the intensity of the the negative feelings and impacts of you know being confined being cut off um no one's making sure you're brushing your teeth or taking a bath and neglect and all that numbs those feelings but it also cuts you off from like joy and excitement and happiness you don't know that at the time you're a kid Mm. you know I actually didn't even learn that until like in my 20s um why I was so stunted and why I couldn't experience the full spectrum of emotion like other people did um it wasn't until i got 
um, an education in that after it like led me down the road to addiction eventually um and i had to examine uh my life story that i learned that um so it's it creates um the most severe uh ptsd um some of the requirements for that are the length of time over which the trauma happens. And, and is it called, is that a specific name, this PTSD, or is it just the level? A, yeah, so there's, um, there's like three. Um, one of them I forgot. <laughs> one of them's like regular PTSD, and one's um, complex. Um, so one sort of PTSD is like something that occurs during a natural disaster, like Oh, you know, it's like that has it happens. It happens. Unexpected things are crazy. Um, but unless there was some like additional something else violent or something that happens, it, it manifests. The symptoms manifest differently and don't have such a long term impact. Mm. Um, trauma that occurs over a long period of time and also especially during adolescence um, make for complex PTSD. Okay. Um, so that was my case um so i was moved from this home um and there was no love there in between her and us and um between like brother and sister it was there was just nothing Mm -hmm. nothing there um so i went to this is age 10 i believe between fourth and fifth grade so i i I move on to um fifth grade and to a new family um and materially uh you know things got better um because if you think okay there's five kids and no one's working and this mom's on heroin (laughs) like um things are gonna be it's gonna be squalor you know so in that respect, it was a huge, like, oh, answer to my prayers. Um, and I had conceded that that horrible life was going to be my life until I was 18. Wow. Because I, I, one day I went to school and I had a big hand mark size bruise on my face and I had to give a speech. It was Veterans Day. And I had, did this in front of the entire middle school and no one said anything. About the palm print on your face? Yeah. <laughs> no teachers said anything. Nope. So wow. that's I like I just immediately accepted. Okay, this is life till eighteen. I just have to survive till I'm eighteen, and I just accepted it. You know. So when I heard that I would be moving, I was hallelujah. Oh my goodness! Like yes, like thank you, thank you, thank you. I felt some guilt about leaving the others behind, um, but. I had to go. Like, I was so glad and to how go. How did that come about? There was a, was there Um so it it's um such a complicated story. I know. We might <laughs> we, we might spend way too much time here. Uh um, well, well let's just say okay, it's it was a a family that thought I was going to be their daughter. Um but it comes out in um when I was born that the man who thought he was going to be my father was not. Um, so this family um, took, or the ones that asked, can we take her? Uh-huh. Yes. Um, and 
I mean, you don't have to go in the whole detail of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have to go into the whole detail, but it it it, it was an improvement. Um, but then there, there there was other sorts of abuse there, and um, this is in you know around my adolescent time, um, like twelve years old. Um, and it was it's, it's really complicated because in this atmosphere is like um, there's not hitting and there's not yelling every day and there's not and I'm getting properly clothed and it's a very different atmosphere um, yet there's this different abuse um, then I moved <laughs> to another <laughs> house another but within that same family a different family member um, and things were pretty pretty steady um, for a while um, and I was like any other teenager except that I was the one who didn't smoke and drink and party. <laughs> I was a, a straight A student and um, played sports and got all these achievements and you know was that with that person and I just thought this is um all right this is it like you know I'm doing the thing that I wanted to do uh-huh. and it's all going forward going forward going forward. Um, and adolescence is like in high school is such a turbulent time for everybody um and in this other third um section of the family um there my uh, i guess what you call my mom i called her mom um had a boyfriend who uh was hitting on me and i finally had the courage this time like to tell her um and she didn't do anything about it. He continued to live there. So I just never came home. Like I, I got an older boyfriend and would just like never be home. Um, so this exposed me to the world of drugs. You know, this is like 17, 18 years old. And I, I would see like, it was just like, you know, um, weed, Xanax, you know, not serious, not serious hard drugs. Um, but I didn't partake. I just didn't have any, um, like I said, I was really kind of judgmental <laughs> about it. Like, hmm, hmm, yeah, okay. I got stuff to do. I got homework. You'd be uh, losers, you I know? <laughs> but that's incredible that you were like such an overachiever with such a turbulent childhood and, and adolescence. Yeah. That's a. Uh, yeah. I don't. That's, that's a mystery. It's, we won't it's try a to mystery. solve it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where it came from. I'm very thankful for it because yeah. if I didn't have that tethering me, I would have had like no hope like for a better future. Yeah. So you think because um, you obviously were very different than your siblings. Right? Yeah, it's very, very different from my whole town. Yeah. And <laughs> so you you said you're were you uh, were they half siblings, half brothers? Each and every one of us have a, had a different father. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. so yeah when i when i say nothing is traditional <laughs> like i mean i mean i really mean that wow. nothing was traditional it was it's yeah no normal not at all family tree story for me <laughs> <laughs> oh my could you imagine the ancestry like you ever tree. think about doing a 23 and me i did oh, i did okay. it did um i mostly um french which you would imagine how many how much percent um, sixty-three, I think sixty-four. Okay. Um, around thirty percent African. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like some Native American, like yeah. 5%, and some like um, what you would never imagine, like some, old, some yeah. Irish or like something like super, super like. We got the freckles. I do have the freckles. Is that is that like a? <laughs> I think that's an that Irish thing. thing? Maybe not. I, don't know. <laughs> I believe. I, do they have I, I don't know why I imagine Irish folk with a lot of freckles. <laughs> yeah, Gingers. I'm like twenty eight percent Italian, about thirty percent Spanish. Okay. And then uh, there's some other stuff. I got some Mayan in me. What? Mayan that's Indian. Cool. Aztec warrior. No, I don't know. No they Aztec. were able to to narrow it down to the. That's yeah, so, that's so cool. And I, uh, I even got a little bit of Ashkenazi Jew, <laughs> <laughs> and I've got some Sub-Saharan African too. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was my own's like um, like Mali, Cameroon, mm. that area. Yeah, the the hub of slave trade area. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how mine got there, but <laughs> like somebody had an affair <laughs> in Ireland. <laughs> but, <laughs> at it some was, point. but it was very, very small, though. So I think I think that just goes back to like we're, it goes back so far that mm-hmm. it's like a common. We all have like some commonalities, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so anyway, um, so your dad, so anyway. your, 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 your mystery father mm-hmm. must have been driven and uh well, he owned his own business. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he it's must, it must have been a little bit of gen, like a, d- a genetic, genetic thing. Yeah, that's yeah. I must. I think that's what I oftentimes think. I must have had that inherited that from him. Yeah. Um, and much like your setup, he had a house in the back and a business in the front. Uh-huh. And I went to this man's store my whole life not knowing he was my father. Oh, and did he know he was <laughs> he the father? Knew. Did he, he ever, knew. Like, was he no. ever like extra nice to you? No, could you give me some extra candy? I come here all the time. He was the candy guy? Yeah. He, like, <laughs> wait, there's penny candies. We called them penny candies. They're literally a penny. So like you could buy like different flavors of tootsie rolls and like blue raspberry and blah, blah, blah. And we'd like load up, man, going on walking to middle school. And this whole time, wow. this whole time, and but you can check this out. Two of his sons, opiatics. Oh, so, so I had it on both sides. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell me. Yeah, I mean you had the perfect. Yeah, you yeah. had the perfect, the perfect ingredients to make an addict. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so you're you're mm-hmm. you're in the world with these annex around you, and 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 mm-hmm. you're judging these poor teenagers who are, mm-hmm. who are. <laughs> yeah, well, they're a little <laughs> older. They're see, they have. Um, uh, my boyfriend has a car. Mm-hmm. I can get away from home. I don't have to be home. I would not spend after like track practice and stuff. I would just go to his house. I wouldn't come home till ten. Um, I just stayed away since uh, nothing was going to be done about it. Um, so, but then they started doing ecstasy oh. <laughs> hmm. and I saw these macho guys showing emotion and <laughs> being loving and open with each other. And for a person that's been closed off for 17 years or 16 years, that was very intriguing to me and as i you know watch them do it over and over and over and over i wanted to experience Mm -hmm. that um so eventually i did yeah 
So that um, was the first drug or anything. You yeah, did? I went from like I'm smoke. You're gross because you smoke cigarettes to doing ecstasy. Yeah. <laughs> well, ecstasy was really for me whenever like my whole. I mean, I was drinking because I lived. I was living in a drinking culture, but when, whenever like we started doing ecstasy, it was whenever I was like my mind opened up to every other drug you know it's like oh, okay mm -hmm. I'll, I'll do other stuff too now mm -hmm. but ecstasy was a game changer for me yeah was it <laughs> i think so i i i just fell in love with it the experience mm -hmm. of it I, I i loved going to 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 raves i loved dancing i loved the experience of being open and, and, and mm -hmm. like in 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 in, a, in with my friends and with just people like house parties where we were all doing it mm -hmm. like that was like a, a monumental shift in how i viewed drugs uh, when I did ecstasy, yeah, I believe. Yeah, it was. I, I never did the rave scene. No. Um, I, it, it for me was in. People may frown upon this, but um, it really was a spiritual experience. The first time I felt unconditional love and not afraid to open myself up and and feel things, you yeah. know. Um, so it it. it it had a, a shift in my mind. So I knew that that was possible uh, for me in life. And, you know, it, it didn't like t burst off into anything. Um, you know, I was opportunistic, you know, took it a couple of times here and there, always in very intimate settings. Uh -huh. um, and, and then eventually, okay, I'll try some lower tabs. Okay, I'll try some Xanax and I'll smoke some weed. Mm -hmm. um, but it stayed very, I, I went on to college, I left town, and it stayed very, just every now and then with it, stuff, um, you know, nothing too hard. Um, and then um, one summer, um, somehow um, I got into cocaine, um, and did it for a month straight <laughs> <laughs> um and once i left that alone um at that point no longer was i ever able to go back and control any thing i did so uh, there's a, i hit i hit like some sort of tipping point in that month yeah just that one month wow yeah because before any time like I, I could have like um you know lower tabs in my drawer at school and like forget i had them and find months later i'm like oh i forgot about that you know maybe i'll not take them maybe another time you know it it, it really didn't have any holds but that that time that i did compulsively use the cocaine and even though it was only one month i became psychologically dependent yeah and then after that there was i could no longer moderate when i tried anything anything oh wow yeah that's so it's like yeah hmm. that's what happened <laughs> interesting hmm. so what happened after that uh, so i was separated of from it because i katrina happened and so i ended did, up in germany okay so where are you from originally originally i'm from a little town outside lafayette it's called rain it's uh, oh you're from rain yeah i know <laughs> there's nothing uh, wrong with that where'd you go to school i guess everyone says that but me no where'd you go to school <laughs> rain high school okay when did you graduate 2003 2003 i'm old yeah 
No, you're not. <laughs> I graduated in 01, okay? Like people are like, I was born in 1993, look, and I'm like, oh my God. I had a buddy of mine, good friend of mine. We probably know some, we probably know some, some of the same people, because I want to say he graduated in 03, but he went to um, Notre Dame, but he hung, hung out with a lot of rain folk. Where was he from? Um, I mean, he was from, I don't know, where did he live? Either Crowley. Crow not Crowley. Crowley? Crowley is our bordering yeah, town. Yeah, either Crowley or Rain. In, w- in what town? Oh, Notre Dame. he went to Notre Dame High School? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's in Crowley. Yeah. yeah. I and thought I you meant, I, like... I, and I want to say he lived in Rain, mm-hmm. or or vice versa. I think he lived in Rain, went to Crowley, went to Notre Dame High School, but he hung out with a lot of people from Rain High. He graduated in 03. I bet, I'm not going to say no names. I bet yeah. we know the same, some of the same people. Probably. Yeah. And what's funny is that, like, my... First time I did cocaine was I was visiting him there <laughs> in that town. Like th- some <laughs> we could have been doing our first cocaine <laughs> at yeah. the same time. Who knows? Yeah, because I used to go to, uh, and he and I used to go to the Firestone in Lafayette mm-hmm. a lot. And I'm yeah. sure you had friends that did that. Well, look, look, okay, like rain, there's like you're on the interstate, it's one stop. Uh-huh. Okay, 20 minutes is a commute. We're not going to Lafayette. <laughs> <laughs> like going to Crowley 10 minutes away to Walmart was a trip. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a totally different mindset <laughs> living yeah. in a town that small. It's only 8,000 people. Yeah. Well, you know, well, you know, you know where I went to high school? No. I went to Oberlin High School. Are you familiar know. with that? No, I don't even know. You know where Kinder is? Kinder, Kinder Louisiana? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like. Oh, no, t- wait. No, yeah, that's yeah. Kaplan. No, Kaplan's like, yeah, well, Kaplan's like south of you guys. Okay. Kinder's like north. It's more, it's like north of Jennings. Okay, I know, yeah, I know Jennings. Jennings, and it's like 30 minutes north of Jennings, <laughs> where Oberlin is, at least. Elton. Okay. Eunice. Yeah, I know the area, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> LSU, Eunice. Yeah, yeah, no, we're, we're, I mean, we're probably, I mean, we're from around the same area. I didn't yeah. know that. I thought for some reason you were from out of town. I don't know. Uh, yeah, from out, well, of, I from am. out of state. From, I out mean, of from out of state for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I anyway. thought you were a New Orleanian. No, no, mm-hmm. no, I'm not. Nope. <laughs> Cajun country. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so okay, Katrina hits. I'm sorry. Yeah. I said I didn't expect Katrina to be a part of your story. That's yeah. why I was like, kind of. Yeah. Who thought Katrina was going to be a part of <laughs> their story? <laughs> Nobody. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I sorry, I transferred um, to Loyola here in New Orleans. Um, I had gone to a private school in Virginia and of course paid my own way, like did everything on my own. And some also was sort of an imposter <laughs> those two years because I came from extreme poverty and, um, we had girls bringing their horses and, you know, on their third car and like, you Their know, horses, like they were like legitimately riding ponies to school. No, like th- there was an equestrian <laughs> program. <laughs> They're like that pampered. They had and ponies. Yeah. They, like they would house them there on top of the 30 something thousand dollar tuition. And yeah. like, um, so, you know, I wanted to erase who I was and start over and, you know, just not face any of that. Mm. So they like created a new identity, you know? Um, and you, I bet, did you have a, a a rain accent before? Did you? I did. Did you try hard to lose it? I did not try, but it H- happened. Subconsciously. In, in like mim- mimicking. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah. I feel like I lost my Oberlin accent. Yeah, I, that's why I, th- I would never <laughs> think you were from around where I grew up. 
<laughs> and now when i try to um like s- say something cajun with an accent i sound so stupid <laughs> like, like i can't like i can't do it i'm sorry all i can do is man let me tell you well that's not that's even. that's better than i can do <laughs> like i sound like someone trying to do the accent <laughs> like a bad actor <laughs> but it was the way i used to speak because i remember going to target um and when i first went to college like in virginia and the girl was like i really love your accent and i was like i didn't know i had an accent uh-huh. and by christmas when i came home the first time it was gone nice like you were trying to fit in i yeah and i i <laughs> i'd wanted to be any person other than who i was yeah you know um so you know so it's i i, I went there but then i tra- i wanted to transfer i uh come be back closer to louisiana it's cold up there i dismissed my own culture uh, it's very different in the northeast <laughs> they think they're southerners yeah it's funny <laughs> <laughs> um so i came back here um and things were um going great um my grades were excellent i was always on the dean's list you know etc etc um and so i i got to do another research project um and right prior to this research project um i had kind of increased the frequency with which i would do pain pills and normally like i could make them last however i wanted but I would always find myself like running out of them before I wanted to and like so I'm gonna do some Tuesday and Thursday for this reason and this reason, you know, I had the reasons mm-hmm. and like by Thursday they were all done. So like I I, I couldn't regulate anymore. Um so I I got to go do research in Hawaii and live on a volcano and it was an incredible experience. And the whole time I'm like, I can't wait to get back to the mainland to get some pain pills uh-huh. <laughs> and like that that is insane to me like um but i didn't fully recognize the weight of that that's a huge red flag that yeah. is a huge red flag and i didn't fully appreciate um what that meant um so i returned from hawaii we had a break in between this is work to do my honors thesis um, I hooked up with the old boyfriends when I used to judge about smoking and all this stuff. And I don't remember a week of my life. I was supposed to have come back to New Orleans, like resumed my research, and no one could find me. And I had no answer. Wow. Um, and I was so ashamed. I just dropped off the mat. That was like, it. I just, that was, I, just, I couldn't face it. I just, I couldn't face it. Um, so... I stayed in school one semester and made a lot of effort to avoid my professor. <laughs> um, but it, it it just became too much. It became too much. So I temporarily, it was supposed to be temporarily, uh, left school. My grades still intact and everything. Uh, but then my entire identity fell apart because this was my self-worth. This was like would val this made me valuable what my my achievements and my accomplishments and wow. what I was my career path and all of a sudden I effed it up so spectacularly <laughs> and disappointed 
um, this professor and it affected his research. Um, that was an honors thesis I was working on. It was so close to, you know, getting that thing. And it was, I mean, I, that's like when things really started to go down mentally. Um, and unbeknownst to me, um, someone, not that there's much of a difference, but um, I, was start, I was working in the restaurant industry and befriended the bartender. Um, so he'd be like, oh, you want to do a little oxy? I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we became pretty close, <laughs> you and I. Oh, it never, like, crossed the line or anything like that. I had a boyfriend, I had a girlfriend. Um, but, you know, we'd sneak little lines and stuff. Uh, come to find out, it was heroin. Um, <laughs> I didn't. Oh, he was telling you it was oxy? Yeah, it, it was heroin. It was, like, crushed up. But I just, I just didn't know. You were like, why is, is it oxy's brown? I probably, I just didn't, I didn't know. Yeah. I just, like, I didn't know. I wouldn't have known either before I did oxy. I'd be like, okay, cool, it's brown. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Give, giving it to me. Yeah, it feels great. Yeah. yeah. Give me some. <laughs> I'll be, like, the friendliest waitress in the oh, whole place. Oh, man, yeah. Just um, overachieving at work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's what I always said, like, opiates made me, like, the best employee just in such a great mood like and instant would, well-being i would go the extra mile on and on everything that mm-hmm. all my tasks i mm-hmm. do just extra yeah and, and felt good while you're doing yeah, it it's yeah amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's the honeymoon stage oh though. yeah and it's like and then that's what it does like for me it was in a long period of taking it for periods of time stopping taking it for periods but then when it became something that i started doing at work mm-hmm uh, and I started needing it, needing it at work. It became, it stopped, I stopped really doing it recreationally and, and it was mm-hmm. more just so I, I needed it to work so mm-hmm. I could make money so I could buy more so I could go back to, back to work. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that, that's, that's a cycle that yeah. is like so inescapable. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it is inescapable. Yeah. We've escaped it, but whew, when you're in there, there's no, it's like you can't see a way out. No. You can't see a way out. Um, but I, I didn't do it frequently enough at, at that time um, to get a physical dependence on it. But in this really perverse way, it gave me hope that I could be happy. So it's because I knew when I did that, I felt happy. Isn't it crazy? So I was like, okay. It like, removes all, f- all fears <laughs> and like everything just seems like it's going to be okay. Yeah. It's such a, it told the, b- the biggest liar yeah. I've ever uh, met. <laughs> Sec- well, second biggest liar? I Even don't know. like... <laughs> I would I, I would get loaded. I would get loaded and I would get optimistic about my my chances of getting sober. Yeah. I'd be like I'd, I'd 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 be so like detoxing and, and so much need for it and I would take a a pill or whatever it was I was doing and then I would get this like surge of energy and be like, "You know what? I'm going to quit." <laughs> I feel like good about my like, I, I feel good I about my it. chances. <laughs> oh good. my god, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, but it makes so much sense like uh, knowing that minds, knowing yeah. being in that like warped place, man. <laughs> that's cunning, baffling, powerful. Cunning, completely. Like really, baffling. like you think you are like trying to match wits? With an addiction? No way. Oh, well, you are so <laughs> out of your league. You don't even know it. Like, yeah. <laughs> you just don't even know it. You think you're so in charge. Oh, my God. You're being played. Yeah. You're being so played. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so you know life like life goes on whatever um but there, there there was i was living with some less than savory characters at a point um and one of them went to jail um his girlfriend mistakenly thought that something was going on between me and him um and like allowed the entire neighborhood to just loot everything that was in the house and like i pretty much lost all of my belongings and then i had nowhere to go (laughs) um so i ended up um moving in with this uh girl that was an addict heroin addict so i have no family no support system no home no nothing and you have something that's gonna just make me not care uh, it means you got, you've we've been for 37 minutes. So that's what that means. Okay, I know. <laughs> but like, okay, like, so that mean like, should I, should, should we go to talk about how, uh, yeah, speed despair. Speed, <laughs> speed it up a little <laughs> bit. All right. So, well, I mean, you know, okay. So I mean, I started doing it every day. Like once I started with her every day from then on like only two three months in a grown man who'd been doing it for years was like you can do a lot like and this was like a man that lived on the streets like yeah not a joke like that's how voraciously i consumed um and i i, I just decided oh, okay i've had enough um i tried methadone for a while i got was stabilized um and then for no reason at all or somebody just offered pain pills and then I took them, and it, of course, sent me back on the thing. Okay, then I got back on Suboxone. Well, not back on Suboxone, on Suboxone. Um, and then decided to try it again. <laughs> and it just off to the races. I never, like, actually tried to get sober, sober, sober. Yeah. I, um, I just knew I couldn't on my own. Um, and... I lost myself entirely, you know. I lost any ability to feel anything good. The only good feeling I had was knowing my dealer was on the way. Like, <laughs> and it, like, just, like an excite yeah. the excitement of it, you know. Um, you just bottle that feeling in a pill, the feeling of I'm about to get loaded, you could stay sober, I think, if you can. <laughs> yeah, because I, I could live on that. Like, yeah. there's hope he's on his way. I just got the text. All right, all right, all right. Is it funny? I like you. Even get the such a anticipation yeah. of knowing it's coming is like almost better than it. Yeah. Getting it. I um, remember I would I would be like so desperate for something, and then I would get it. I would I would cop, mm-hmm. and then I would keep it on me without taking it for as long as I could because oh. because that was like I that was a high in itself just knowing that I had it. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Yeah, not me. I'm like, <laughs> like, sh- like, so uh, just in a fervor trying to get it all yeah. <laughs> hooked up. Um, and at one point, I just I, I f- found myself like living with the worst imaginable, like people in the worst imaginable circumstances that resembled my original family home so much that after one week, I was like, I can't, I I can't. I have to get help. I can't do this. Um, and I went I in person um, over to Bridge House. Um, 
I don't know how I got lucky, but I was able to be admitted right away. Of course, I had to go to detox where I met our friend. <laughs> what a love story. <laughs> you met in detox. <laughs> we, did, we stayed together for a year and a half. But anyway, um, um, that was that was the beginning of my 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 journey of healing. All right. Um, it was a decision I made. I was done. I mean, the suffering had been so tremendous and I just couldn't take it anymore. Mm. Yeah. Wow. All right, cool. We'll take a quick break right there. We, we will be right back. Okay, we're back from break. That was a long break. That was a pretty fun break. Yeah. <laughs> we went over a lot of stuff that, I don't know, I'll, I don't know if it's appropriate for this podcast, but you know what? Sometimes I think I should start another podcast that's not so recovery-oriented. Mm. Well, this, I s- kind of, I see, wh- I see what you're saying, but oh, recovery becomes life. Everything, yeah. So right. to me, like, that's and what I'm trying to do with my radio show is bring in more elements like um for example I had someone come in talking about grief and loss like during recovery so yeah. it wasn't like all about getting sober mm. and but it, but it was it was but about these experiences we have within the context of yeah. recovery yeah because those experiences that we you know I think you mentioned uh you mentioned like what w- what you do uh with when within trauma Right mm-hmm. when you're experiencing it, you you numb you know your brain like does something to numb it, right? The yeah. Experience. It's, it's so alcohol and drugs are kind of the same thing. Where it's like, I feel like I'm just numbing my pain. I feel, I, I tell myself I'm just numbing the 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 things that I don't want to experience. But the truth is, is I'm numbing and I'm and I'm not experiencing life to its fullest, and 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 mm-hmm. I'm not experiencing life to the extent that I can, I'm cheaping. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. You know? Cause you don't have, it's, it's sort of like, you know, I'm going to lose body fat. You cannot spot lose. Like you, you lose everywhere. Uh-huh. You know, you can't like, I'm just going to lose belly, like, belly fat. Like this yeah. doesn't work that way. And it's just like, you can't hand cherry pick emotions. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to blunt yourself, you you're blunt, blunt the good all. and the bad. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, and within recovery, you experience all that and all those experiences, like not not and choosing to experience them and choosing to walk into them. Mm-hmm. That is a uh, powerful stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. I've I've done I've done that. I've walked into willingly walked into like a dark cave, emotionally, mentally speaking, to yeah. face it, things because I just I don't want to live with fear mm. and I don't want to. I want to be free, yeah. you know, um, and I, I sought escape. <laughs> I did that already. Um, it did not go well <laughs> for me. Um, so, so I know I have to face things head on and sometimes yeah. like it, it hurts. It's, it's incredibly painful, unbearable. Um, but the thing is it, everything changes. It, you get through it. Yeah. And, and on the other side, what's, so beautiful just like in recovery like you come it comes from such a dark terrible place i mean a literal hell on earth Uh and we know 
what it's like on the other side. Like you want us seeing it from the rooftops, <laughs> you know, like you are, please get sober. Like you have no yeah. idea what's on the other side. Yeah. No, it's funny. Uh, it makes me think of something that, w- that they were saying in a, w- in one of the uh, secret meetings that we attend. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but the, the, the they were talking about it's um, Fight Club, y'all. <laughs> in Fight Club, we were talking about <laughs> the gifts of Fight Club. <laughs> Broken nose. The gift, of, the gifts of Fight Club, and the only thing I could think of is like you mentioned. I don't know if you me- we were talking about it off cam, off mic, or before, but you mentioned like the gift of desperation. Yeah. And like the initial gift of desperation is obviously not. Uh, a gift of the program. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's a gift of my addiction, right? That's a yeah. gift of the the uh, of pain, right? Mm-hmm. That 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 I get to this point where I'm so desperate. I I'm willing to start walking through the things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the things I've been trying to avoid my entire yeah, life. So I actually I have no choice a lot of times. Like I say, it's willing. It's like I'm. It's a gift because I get really no choice. It's like mm-hmm. one. There's only one road now, mm-hmm. so I have to go down it, and then. In hindsight, I look at it and I'll go, oh, that was a gift of desperation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like a gift of the program is the ability to see those experiences as gifts, mm-hmm. right? Because I don't know that it's a gift of desperation. At the time. At the time, right? But now I can look at pain and go, man, this sucks. But I know that on the other side of this, freedom awaits me. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. man, I know that this thing I'm feeling inside, I want to shut it off. But I know if I dive into it, freedom awaits me exactly you know? and that's the gift it's, it's right exactly there exactly where i'm at too yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways <laughs> yeah I'm you wind up starting on thursday <laughs> <laughs> oh, walking shit. walking into it yeah, yeah. so well you um, walked well, into we a to, treatment center uh, well yeah I, I walked into a treatment oh and center. thursday i'm supposed to see you post that too oh, yes oh wow yeah, so that should be very interesting yeah <laughs> there's, there's some space in between so yeah. you know i'll be able to gather uh-huh. uh, myself if i need to <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm going aubrey also she mentioned it already mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. post uh bi-monthly mm-hmm. uh yeah recovery sh- radio show here in new orleans yeah it's a whiv um 102.3 you can also live stream it um mm. from the website and andy's gonna be my guest right. on thursday at so four o'clock if so. you do not want to be bored to death do not <laughs> tune in <laughs> you should totally tune in uh, <laughs> I, but the truth is like okay i'll try to release this beforehand okay. <laughs> <laughs> well i might not get around to releasing this on the on the internet till after that yeah. so whatever well, anyways let's get back to you so i yeah i um i here i am the very person I said I would not be, oh. you know, totally destitute and broken and no feature and dead inside. Wow. Oh, and it's, I mean, it's, it's a living hell that you can only know if you've experienced it. It's not fun. <laughs> um, and, and the crazy sort of feeling I had was like, on the one hand, I can't imagine like living 20, 30, 40 more years like this, like waking up every morning and being like, fuck, I have to live another mm-hmm. day. But at the same time, seeing how very much I could keep going and doing that, because what other choice do I have, you know? And I just, I just, I, I walked to Bridge House. Um, I had to be detoxed. Um, 
which I'm glad that they sent me to a medical detox. <laughs> um, and it like the feeling of relief once I was finally inside in like just from the pit of my like deepest self it was just like it's 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 over like it's over mm. and, you know and even though i'm still sweating and uncomfortable and miserable um it's, there was hope yeah now there was some hope that it i didn't have to live i wasn't living that was not living at all um it was just using people being used by people um and being completely consumed with obtaining this substance and ingesting it, it yeah. you know there's no friendship there's no love there's nothing but the things that's killing you consuming something. it's absolutely consuming mind body spirit everything um and so i go into this treatment center and i mean i am just i will I know I'm a good student, you know, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to do I imagine you anything. excelled in the treatment Oh center. my God. I've been doing all my homework. <laughs> uh, you like booklet done after done. two days. <laughs> what you got next? But I, I went into my first counseling session and I was like super serious. All right. But I'm like, and I don't even know if I want to get married now. I didn't know if I wanted to get married then, but I'm like, what about my wedding day? Like I champagne, like, and I don't even drink. Like <laughs> I don't like to drink, but I'm like, what about finals when I go back to school? Like I have to take Adderall. You got to take Adderall. I get to do finals week. Like that was really serious. Like I did not understand yeah. addiction. <laughs> I didn't understand. Um, but I was desperate. Um, I've, was willing to take any suggestion. Um, I had an antagonism towards spirituality, um, but still, I, you know, I, I really took to heart the principles they were trying to teach me, like open-mindedness. Um, and a friend of mine lent me a book by C.S. Lewis. It, um, mere it didn't mere Christianity. Yeah, yeah. It um, it didn't. Uh, resonate with me i've been recommended parts, that book but but some didn't yeah but i was just willing to anything <laughs> i was willing to try anything um and it, i didn't have to worry about bills or food or like anything i could really devote myself fully to tackling this uh, so i'm really and it was free <laughs> um so i mean i can't even believe that exists it's incredible um and w I remember a moment one time, one morning, and 45 minutes had passed since I woke up. And I was like, I had had one thought of heroin. Like, it it was, I still remember, like, that it sounds so small. Yeah. But for me, that was so triumphant because, you know, the first thing, as soon as you wake up, it's your first thought. How am I going to escape my brain? all the time like <laughs> constantly all day all day it's it takes over it's mm -hmm. to have have gotten even though it was only 45 minutes like f that mental freedom from the obsession i was just like okay yeah like, we can i can do this like mm -hmm. we, it can be done so i mean i really gave my whole self to to um to recovery um and explored spirituality as much even though there was a lot of resistance. Um, I didn't even want to hold hands with people and do the chant. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you know, it works, you're good, like whatever. I, 
that's not even religious in any sense. I, I just yeah. had, you know. What do you, in, in, I mean, not. To, where do you think it came from, though? Um, I was really involved with church and uh, youth group. At what age? Um, in my teens. Okay. Um, and was this, but so, so, so this was with the new families. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they were pro- like and they were religious, I guess. No, 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 no. I did this on my own, um, and I just was reading things, um, like of course, you know, religiously reading the Bible and <laughs> worshiping and praying like a fanatic, um, and I just read things that did not make didn't make sense. Yeah. Um, At what point? With, with, with subjugation of women and. Um, homosexuality and and the emphasis I mean there's and the emphasis on it in like the, the church like, there's so, so small parts of the actual scriptural like the scriptures mm-hmm. but there was such a huge emphasis on it and spoken about in church and just like there's what about all this good stuff we can go do <laughs> you know instead of hating these like yeah. s- things like these very small things that I don't even think are i don't think being gay is there's nothing wrong with it to me yeah um and it's certainly not worth going out to make those people's lives more difficult um i just i just so i that's where this this disillusionment began with uh with that faith um and then how old were you when you got sober? About like 20... 28? 28. Yeah. Yeah. I know when I got sober at 29, I was completely like, no, no thank you. <laughs> I know. I was like, we're going to have always be a problem with this. <laughs> but, I, but I feel like, yeah. And then what was great about like when you, when you, when I got sober was that, the, was the open, like, like the, there was an, there was this, and I heard it loud and clear, and some people don't. Some people still have a hard time with it, but I heard, heard it loud and clear is that I heard, hey, you don't have to bring your old ideas of God into this. Mm-hmm. That you was. Have, you don't have to bring your old ideas, the old ideas of God that you don't, that don't necessarily sit well with you anymore. But for a long time, I thought that that was definitely going to have to be the case. Yeah, me you too. Know? And it kept me like out. And I was like, well, I can't, I just can't jive, bruh. <laughs> you know, but then when I heard, hey, no, 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 bruh. We, we, it's whatever, bruh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You could actually, like, we actually had an open dialogue about what this person's idea yeah. was and what that person's idea was. And that was so refreshing. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. Finally, that being told, like, this is it. Mm. And, also, the other thing that turned me off was I wasn't allowed to ask questions. Mm. Like when I would ask a question, something would contradict mm-hmm. something that was written somewhere else in the Bible. And I asked the questions like, no, no, no shut mm-hmm. down. So, you know, yeah, that bothered me. Um, um, so that so that uh, created a, 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 some, a, a spirit of like closing off towards spiritual principles that you were able to start kind of opening the doors when you got sober, right? Correct. Okay. Yes. Um, so I started to, I could not, I did not p- before have, did not see spirituality and religion as can existing as different. Yeah. You know, um, and certainly one's spirituality can be one's religion, um, but they don't necessarily have to overlap 100%. Yeah. Or at all. Um, 
so my, so at the beginning came my focus is you know honesty open-mindedness willingness like those very basic principles i like i with a lot of intention cultivated those things like i would set an intention for my day you know okay i'm i need to work on compassion so i'm going to open doors hold it open for people when i didn't want to just and just with practice and actually um prayer just ask to be more compassionate and ask that i have more of this and more that um it just came yeah. until it was second nature. Um, so it, it, it's, yes, I prayed to <laughs> whatever, <laughs> nothing. I, my, I, what, it doesn't matter because yeah. <laughs> there's no words for it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, there's a process, I think, even if like, let's say, I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying yay or nay on the on G-O-D here. I don't, you know, I don't, whatever, right? But there, do, there does seem to be some kind of process that happens inside me whenever I speak out um, in, you know, whether it be advocating for something or somebody else or even for myself, you know, in, 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 for peace. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm voicing it in my head or speaking it out loud, it does seem to bring about a sense of peace to me. Yeah. There's something, there is some, uh, like an effect. There, absolutely. Yeah. Um, in fact, that was a part of my uh, trauma recovery, mm-hmm. um, praying for my abusers. <laughs> wow. Um, and so I did it. And I remember when I first started to feel a softening, I resist. I was like, no, 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 oh. no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I do not want to have compassion for wow. You know, it's a loving that kind of children. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, and to complicate, you know, so this person's not amounts to this person's also like sexually abused. This person was like, you know, had dreams taken away, was it broken, and in, in so I, re- I resisted that softening of my heart mm-hmm. in the beginning. Um, but I can't deny that praying for them changed. Yeah. Change gave me peace. And the softening up healed you. Healed me. Because I'm not carrying around that yeah. anymore. And it's like, it's so just. Yeah. It's a, all, all I did was like repeat words inside. Like, re, like, like and in the beginning, like, yeah, like a mantra. Yeah. Um, in the beginning, you can have me in like, I hope stupid doesn't <laughs> die today like you know like <laughs> and it can start like that that's okay yeah um and then but like really really like from the heart like you know hope may she you know have well-being may she be at ease and just repetition mm-hmm. of it you know prayer mantra meditation ki- loving kindness meditation whatever you want to call it um has worked it's, it's effective worked. it's effective there's no denying there's no re- and that's, you, that's ben- not, you benefit that's not woo woo <laughs> you know like, no like there's something there's there's that that's just like practical like and stuff that works yeah, for yeah. Me, you know? it's like you, j- you just <laughs> do it and it happens yeah i can't tell you how but it does um and it's, it's been really healing for yeah. sure um 
so I, you know, I go through the program. Hey, hold on one second. I was just going to point out that I started this late. Okay. okay. Uh, so I would say I started it 10 minutes late, maybe. Okay. What were we, what were we saying in the beginning? Uh, what's mm-hmm. that? Oh, what did we, what were we talking about? <laughs> Doing that 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We just started talking, but I'm saying, so like, if you yeah. think, I'm like, just look, I'm sorry, listeners, because we're like. You guys are probably wondering what the hell are they talking about. I'm showing her the clock where I'm timing her. Mm-hmm. And I started 10 minutes later, so we're at three minutes. So just figure we're at 13 minutes. Okay. Okay. I guess. All right. uh. um, so, um, so I, I so I enter treatment. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I do all the things they ask. Um, and I actually ended up get getting kicked out two months <laughs> into oh. treatment because of. Our friend, our mutual friend. Oh, our buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, uh, but I was determined. I'm doing this. Like, yeah. I'm doing this. And I live day by day. And it's like, I, no matter what, like, there will be a meeting tonight. Yeah. Like 90 and 90. 90 and 90. I did it. Wow. And I did it. Um, and in, in that way, that's, that's faith in yeah. a way you know like i just gotta make it till this but in a way i knew the meeting was gonna be there too yeah you know um and it was thank goodness i had already had a job um as a waitress because i could i was like living at this hostel and i was like all i gotta make is 20 bucks <laughs> i don't have a place to stay um and then eventually i got enough um to get an apartment um and life began <laughs> again, you know. Um, I walked through the steps um, in a very orthodox fashion um, with the Jewish girl. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, like, we read, the, like, the book, you know, we did the very, the very, very orthodox method. Um, and that same professor who I, like, fell off the map, I, he was... The second person I went to make amends to, mm. I wanted to throw up on the streetcar. Oh my gosh, uh-huh. I was so I was so afraid to face him, um, but I just laid it out flat, like, you know, I'm, I disappointed you, I, and you know all the the, the, the spiel, the spiel, you gave him you know. the spiel, um, but very very. Yeah, genuine. Not, yeah. It, w- it was, you know, you have to be in the right spiritual place to do that. Um, and his his response was incredibly forgiving. He's like, it's, it's water under the bridge. You know, if you want to come back um, to uh, to Loyola, I'll write you a recommendation. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he had he had paid me for a week of work I hadn't done, like, because uh-huh. he was expecting I was gonna be there. And yeah. And he didn't ask for like money back. I mean, he had every right to be enraged, but yeah. he was just happy that I was alive. <laughs> it's, it people it was, really it was, blow me away. Yeah, and and then there was another person who um, was very religious. Um, that um, I had used. I knew they had romantic feelings for me, which I did not for them. But I used that to my benefit. Um, I never. We never got physical or anything, but it, I hurt them. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I went to make amends to them, they were just like middle finger, <laughs> like like really. Oh wow, they were carrying. Yeah, it. like oh, I like I mean yeah. So 
yeah you would expect uh-huh. in that situation to receive yeah grace a different yeah um a few months later he came back and was you know yeah, you know, like sometimes the people that we're making amends to aren't ready for the amends either. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and that's that's why it's important to yeah. to make those amends when you're ready, yeah. not like two weeks after you got clean. You desperately want to make amends, but you you have to be in a place to be able to be all right with the other person's response. Mm, yeah, you know, I know that you did what you could do. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why you go through the process before you get there. You go, yeah, yeah. You're in, you're in no you're in no condition. <laughs> <laughs> At three months, you just or I'm sorry, like three weeks, you just got off of hard drugs. Yeah, to at be that um, point, all I wanted you to like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, motives. My motives at, to three, be like at three weeks if I were making amends. Uh, and, and I don't know, like, I think, you know, you do hear about people who like go through the steps rather quickly and they're like making amends like that quickly. Uh, but I and, and but I do think that like the actual like step process does, if done right, can bring about an awakening awakening in you. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, so it does. maybe you can be ready to make, but you have to go through that process of like mm-hmm. doing that kind of, that work. Yeah, you know, there's like no the timeline. Yeah, I mean, how are you willing to really hold up that mirror and say everything mm. and go through it? Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, it's hard. You know. Yeah. So. But, you know, everyone works at a, a different pace. Um, somebody might not be ready for nine months, ten months to do that. Yeah. Somebody might be ready at four. Yeah. Um, that's a case-by-case case thing, you know. It's not a one-size-fits-all kind of, like, this is the time to do this, and this is the time to do this, and this is the time to do this. That's a personal relationship between you and your your mentor. Can your I say guide? the S word? I think so. Sponsor? I think I said it already. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's any words uh, off limits here. Yeah. It's yeah. totally some F-bombs, but yeah. I mean, no racist words, obviously. <laughs> 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 Who would do that? Um, uh, so, um, so you made amends to so this professor and then. And, you know, so I continued to continue to make amends. Um, some occurred rather spontaneously. Um, I would, see a person i knew i may i needed to make amends to just at a meeting and just had no plans in place but took that opportunity um and some were very 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 planned like um an old roommate um and they were also very gracious in their in their um in their response and you know there are of course the living amends and the uh, really the amends I have now are mostly to myself um, because I neglected, I abused myself. I, I did like all a lot of the things that were done to me. I also did to myself in my mm-hmm. addiction and I had to forgive myself um, for doing that because I, I carried a lot of guilt about that, yeah. you know, um, having pulled myself up by my bootstraps and got, gone through really rigorous academic um, institutions and gotten so close, so close and, and destroying everything. Um, I, I had shame, a lot of shame and guilt about that. And I had to forgive myself by treating myself well and, um, doing things that were good for me. And if people in my life were not good for me, then removing myself from that environment or those people mm-hmm. and 
um, investing in myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I got my self-worth back. My self-worth. Well, I maybe not got it back. Maybe got it for the first time. Um, and it's it's led on this whole other spiritual quest. It's it's so strange how like I was so averse to anything spiritual, like the word spiritual even. Yeah. And now it it's of like primary importance to me. Yeah, you're the picture of of what. <laughs> of <like laughs> not of what you hated but like of, of the thing that turned you off <laughs> when yeah. you first got sober i would have been like rolling my eyes at myself like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look at this one with her like, yoga poses like, oh my God, shut up <laughs> you yeah. shut up you're so dumb and so i would have been saying <laughs> to my future self um but i can't i can't deny like the transformation like that's occurred yeah. um and I still don't have an answer to life. <laughs> I don't know the meaning of life. Um, there's a lot I don't know. And um, I'm okay with that. Mm. Um, whatever is there, I don't have a name for it. Um, I've had some very, very powerful experiences. And there's um, just an ineffability to to trying to describe those encounters with whatever I encountered. Mm. It, it's hard to put into words. Um, I can more easily say what it's not. So like, you know, it's not a judging, a punishing, mean entity. Yeah. You know, um, anything like that it was... Why don't you... Uh, you said you had an experience like in... You want to talk about it? Which one? Which one? The most powerful one I had. You say you had one like in the fall. Yeah, I had one this winter. Um, so, I, I when I wasn't trying to or anything, I wasn't in meditation. I was just um, in rural Vietnam, just on a river, on a rowboat, just like it. Like it was just a National Geographic magazine. Like mm. some people you know what music painting or something like brings them to this place and like for me like nature just i don't know brings my soul alive yeah. I, I don't know how to explain it um and i'm just admiring the beauty it's like wow like this is just incredible and out of nowhere i mean literally nowhere there's something visceral and physical that just like almost like inhabits my entire body wow. and it's it was um it was almost like my i almost couldn't contain the energy or whatever it was like i couldn't hold it in it was just like wanted mm -hmm. to explode out of me um and it was and it, i was it made me cry like <laughs> like this vietnamese woman has to be like what the Oh yeah. my God, what is going on right now? Why is she crying? She's looking at the rocks and she's <laughs> crying. She's having a breakdown. But I was, I, I was, there was such joy yeah. and peace. And um, I knew that there were, there were people um, that were actively trying to do things to harm me uh, back in the United States. And I didn't even feel any ounce of negativity towards them. Yeah. Like, 
or anyone that had done me wrong in the past. Like it was just freedom. It was those experiences are phenomena. But it it's I just like there's there are not words. No, you know it's there funny. are not words. I'll share something with you. I'll share something that I haven't shared on this podcast yet. Because this is really doesn't have doesn't have a lot to do with my recovery. This happened. I was maybe nineteen, twenty, and I mean, it all has to do with it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it all, has it's to all do. ties and it, it's like it's all, all interconnected. It's all together. Yeah, because because I never really had considered this experience deeply until I got sober. But so I also have a little bit of a background in church. And I remember in my early 20s uh, going through a lot of difficulty with, uh, you know, drinking and, 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 and a, a failed relationship. So I started, you know, searching, you know, for something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I was involved in this church. And then uh, we, since I'm bilingual, I speak Spanish. And um, this one church does a, uh, would do a mission trip once a year. And they needed translators so so my brother and i went with this church you know and then they pay you know they were brought us along we went on these huge buses you know these like (laughs) tour buses it was really weird experience (laughs) but you know so at this point in my life i was sober i was seeking something you know i was seeking and i was Mm -hmm. seeking connection with with source as i would maybe say now or 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 with or with you know with something greater you know i get it and and it was a genuine like it was honest it was an honest searching and i remember being uh in this um rooftop and after doing like a morning devotional type thing um sitting around and holding hands with a group of people and prayer and praying and having pretty much what you what you described Mm-hmm. Happened <laughs> to me, yeah. S- and it was some one of the most intense experiences of my life. Now this is like, and it was like burning inside yes. of me. And, and 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 the only thing I had at that point <laughs> in my life to, to to compare it to was like, was I was like, did I? It felt like I took like the best ecstasy I ever took <laughs> in my life. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's kind of like what I said, like. When I took X, it was almost yeah. like a spiritual experience. Like yeah. It's unconditional love. There's like no boundaries. And and it's so cliche, but I'm going to say it, all right? <laughs> Being at one with everything. Yeah. Like, I feel like I am you. Yeah. And you are me. It was like the Beatles song. Like, mm. like we are a part and we all come from the same place. Like, yeah. it was such a beautiful um, shift in psyche. Insane. And it's just it came out yeah. of nowhere. Yeah, and uh, and exactly like my experiences with ecstasy, I would have these ex- these psychedelic experiences with ecstasy that were mm-hmm. very similar too. Mm-hmm. I remember, and we won't get into all that, but <laughs> but I but I do very 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 similar. So yeah, and so like now that I th- and, and then what, what was so crazy about that experience was that I was like, I was doubting everything that I was doing still, right? Mm-hmm. So I had a hard time accepting what had happened. Mm-hmm. So I started to like rationalize it in my mind and, 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 and maybe, and and even, and even like to convince myself that it didn't happen the way that it happened, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Like I did that and I, and I completely cheapened it and, and and devalued the experience for years after that. Mm. And it wasn't, but, but in the back of my head, I always held that like something happened in that, in that moment. 
Yeah. And it's never happened since. And it hasn't happened since I've been sober either. Um, so, you know, I don't know if those experiences are, are common. If they, yeah. if we get them maybe once in a lifetime, you know, once in a lifetime. Was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've had a few, but if, if the ones I had were 10 to the one power, this was like 10 to the fifth. Like oh. it was like that yeah. intense. Like, I mean, I, I was, tears were coming down my face and I could not stop. Mm. <laughs> on wow. for like I don't know like an hour it was, it was crazy mm. um, and I actually was spoken to um, not like an audible voice but like uh, deep from like within myself just something told me um, everything's going to be okay that was one of the things um Another one was that you're you're perfect the way you are. Any, I, I those were like the big, big um the big ones, um, and it's really ironic because, <laughs> um, not very much later my world completely fell apart um upon returning to the united states um and it's it's been the most i mean it's, it almost was like more turbulent than being an addiction uh-huh. all so many things hit me at once like that i thought i was gonna literally lose my mind um so i, I mean I, I went to uh, back to my trauma counselor um and we processed things that had led up to what happened um which you know we won't go on to into on air um but it was i mean it was pretty heinous kind of disgusting behavior um in 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 a way, I we talked about the experience of the Veterans Day um, speech I gave with a big handprint on my face and how no one did anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a situation that happened in October that was just like that. Um, and also, there's time when I told my third mother <laughs> about her, her boyfriend hitting on me and she didn't do anything about it. So it was like a combined, it was a reenactment of those traumas happened at one time. Um, and and then, in, so that had happened in October and it was affecting me. Then I got back to um, here and then like lost a human being like two days later. So it was, everything's gonna be okay what uh, <laughs> no um, no everything is not okay nothing is okay yeah. um and it was very difficult it was very difficult but not once did i think i'm gonna go get some heroin like yeah. which is incredible <laughs> if people say that if people keep saying that um i mean i guess i guess it is incredible well, but it, it, but make, I know. it makes sense to me because i i i know i know but i know the power of like change of, of, of everything that we do and the power it has to like maintain us you know in the moment and to experience things without having to escape it but like the 
to think of that 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 you're able to walk through that mm-hmm. whenever you came from a, from a, a life of you know I have to use heroin no matter what yeah like I must yeah um, and to be able to walk through such turbulent times and and not choose to escape it yeah I mean I didn't even want to use heroin yeah like it's just I mean the the, tr- the pain was I th- I thought I'd felt pain before, hmm. but it was it was a whole nother level. Um, yeah. But I was so thankful I was connected, <laughs> and that I had su- support because if I had not you know been a part of a community, a spiritual community, or you know whatever you want to call it, um, I, I really don't know what would have happened to me. I would probably still be down there yeah. and like in that hole. Um, and I just day by day crawled myself out, yeah. you know, a lot and similar to the way when you're getting sober, like it's just those little things. Okay. Today I will shower. <laughs> and I would like text a friend like today. Okay. I'm, I know it's two o'clock in the afternoon, but I'm going to get out of bed and I'm going to brush my teeth. I'm going to shower. I'm going to at least like walk a couple of blocks. Like it like just had to build like mm. literally build piece by piece by piece by piece. Um, and I, since then, you know, it's April now. Um, I feel really fortified and ready to um, walk into another cave. I'm, w- I'm choosing to willingly. Like now my life doesn't depend on it now. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to be free. Um, of the fear and all the things that this this incident, yeah. Well, the, the fear, PTSD. Yeah. Well, fear will will rob you of life. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not having yeah. that. And so, like in a sense, <laughs> your life does depend on it. Yeah, my quality of my life, absolutely yeah. for sure. <laughs> um, and I'm just not having it. No. Like if, if if all that that happened in my life didn't take me down, I am not letting no like people like that take me down. It's not happening. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um so I um so there can be no benzos <laughs> <laughs> you know things no. that normally c- like calm down yeah. your that that that, that, that like ooh, that panic um so I'm, I'm going to do a treatment called um uh, EDMT yeah um and it's sure to bring up some unpleasantness <laughs> yeah. um but that's like the thing now. I don't f- w- want to feel that I need to, but in, f- in fact, feel like I must face these things head on because wow. it takes the power away from them. Mm. Like the 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 memories of like my abuse and stuff. I, I kept it secret for so long. It held so much power over me. But after like going to the therapy and talking about it over and over, I can just say these horrendous things that happened yeah. to me without almost like I'm just talking about anything. It doesn't, ha- it doesn't control me. And yeah. so that's why I'm, I'm choosing to, um, so, you know, you, you learn, you can tolerate, um, <laughs> I'm not used to tolerating extremes. My life has been so peaceful. Uh, the most my recovery mm-hmm. um so it's definitely an entirely new emotional landscape um and i used to like think of like oh inside there was like the universe and it was like mystical and magical it's almost now like wilderness like 
Like mm. there's an ele- fear of huge fear element. Um, yeah. But I have learned from programs of recovery that we got to get to the root. Yeah. Wow. So. Yeah, I did that. What is it? EDMT? EDMT, yeah. EDMT. Um, it's like. I did that. I did. We talked about it. I, I've done that in therapy. You have? Yeah. But well, I, you didn't talk, I didn't know you did it. Yeah. But and I didn't do it for long. I I I wish I would have stuck with it longer because I stopped going to therapy. But to for me to make the decision to go to therapy was a big deal because I'd been struggling with a lot of things. Late, you know, with with relatively long term sobriety, and 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 I decided to, you know, okay, let me go see a therapist about some of these things. Mm-hmm. So we did it. The first time we did it, I touched something and I immediately started crying. Mm-hmm. i could not believe and it was it just it was just a reaction um it was and it kind of it was it blew me away and we kept doing it and but but it got to the point and not to like turn you off from it (laughs) (laughs) no no i'm going i got to the point where like where i was i would get anxious about doing it because i knew it was going to send me take me in a direction that was going to be painful yeah uh but that that first time we did it the 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 I cried, which was what you're releasing it, Cause it, it like it was the, so it's much. held in your body, yeah. like not just. It was it was it, it was it was a it was a powerful experience and, uh, and it revealed and 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 through doing that right because it's like it revealed some things to me about my my childhood that I didn't know, and maybe some roots of why I behave in certain ways, mm-hmm. you know, which was so it was incredibly enlightening. Um, yeah, and it's the whole. It's um, it started as I need to stop doing heroin, um, and it's turned into like a, a whole entire quest to know myself and yeah. to, to free myself from suffering and, um, and so this unfortunate incident. Yeah, it happens. There's nothing I can do about it, but my responsibility still is to i have to deal with what's there um and i'm i'm not afraid of the pain i know there's gonna be pain wow but i'm not afraid of it that's beautiful yeah that's the that's the gift of desperation (laughs) and then it passes too that's the thing too like it it passes like i know that now oh man sometimes though right when you're you're in the middle of it it's like (laughs) This is life now. Yeah. You know, I, when things, emotions get so intense, yeah. I forget that they're going to end. Yeah. That's what is it you get. <laughs> so, uh, Tara Brock says it all the time. She says you get hijacked by your limbic system. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in fact, like addiction itself, like hijacks our, our survival yeah. um, circuit. Um, I was going to, I was going to, do we have time for this like one quote or not? Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. I okay. was, I usually, um, I think, I think we're probably in a good place, right? I mean, you, we've come full circle. Yeah. And what's the what do you want me to say? <laughs> you say whatever you want, girl. No, you say you usually. <laughs> well, I usually ask a question, but I don't even know if I want to keep doing the question. I don't know how it. How it <laughs> <laughs> I love how experimental it is. Yeah, it's, great. it's well, these are the baby stages. Although I'm like 15, no, that's, 16. I mean, that's better than like scripted. Yeah. You know, yeah. I I prefer that. It's real. Yeah. You know, it's real. I'm always like, so what would you, like the question I usually ask is, and definitely read what you want to read, but. Uh, I always ask, like, what is the, 
because I, I want this to be very helpful for people who are seeking recovery, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, what would you tell – what is the, the, the thing that, like, you feel that whenever you got sober that you needed that would have been so helpful for you to hear or you needed to hear? Like, what would you tell yourself? Future you, oh. you know, the, the, the you that knew that, that old you would have rolled their eyes at. <laughs> 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 what would you tell that person going into this journey? Like, what um, is it? I, I wouldn't even bring up spirituality. Um, mm-hmm. I would just say it, it, it's it's not what you think it is. It's not going to be you the rest of your life just wanting to use and you can't. Mm. You're actually going to not want to. You're going to be free of the desire. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's nirvana extinction oh. of desire <laughs> oh shit at least in that <laughs> you respect you say like nirvana God. like oh, <laughs> okay. that would have no hey, nirvana here oh, okay. oh I'm listening <laughs> alright <laughs> you know <laughs> I think that would have been effective for, yeah. for, no, for that's, past that's me that's beautiful though too because like we, 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 you can't imagine yeah you can't imagine I, not wanting to get loaded I, that was inconceivable that's that right. was inconceivable to me yeah like how that's no way there's no way mm. there's no way <laughs> <laughs> and it's not what you think it is it's not at all what you think it is no yeah so like go by not I at all not even close because okay. it's like i can't it, it, but, it, but it, you know i ask this question and i'm always like oh that was a great answer all the answers are always great but the truth is whenever i was at that point in my sobriety i was going to hear what the hell i wanted to hear Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! It was he talks this man. He was coming from a great place, yeah. and uh, he says to me, he's trying to be inspirational, and he says to me, you know, you never have to use again. I will. In my mind, I was like, shut the up like uh, i was like uh, <laughs> so miserable dude <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, help. that's like exactly like, that's a big part of my story <laughs> like that very quote yeah. that quote was like uh, was I want to but I can't <sighs> what are you talking leave me alone <laughs> but somebody told me my first sponsor told me he looked at me in my eyes right and he was like and he was he was coming he thought he was gonna come with that fire in his own mind he thought he was gonna blow my mind <laughs> for some reason that's what I felt he, he was coming at me with and he said he looks me in the eye and he goes you never have to drink again and I Did went you just send me to hell <laughs> <laughs> But I, the, the t- I just, like, I don't even know why that quote just didn't resonate with me. And I thought it was so silly because I think in my mind, I was like, well, I, I know that that's why I'm here. <laughs> but, but the truth is, is that at that time I didn't realize that I had lost the power of choice mm-hmm. and that I had to, you know, yeah. at that point, like I didn't recognize like I heard him say that and I was like, that's stupid. <laughs> but I didn't realize that at, I was at the stage where I was going to drink or use no matter what. Yeah. And like to hear you mm-hmm. say, hey, you'll, you won't even want to. Mm-hmm. That to me mm-hmm. is powerful. Yeah. Because you can't imagine that. That's the, I did not expect that. Yeah. I just knew I couldn't keep living the way I was. It doesn't I wanted to be less miserable. I thought I would be less miserable, basically. Yeah. And you did. <laughs> like I'm like literally I'm like going through the most turbulent time of my entire life and I'm here laughing and having a good time. Like mm-hmm. that that is that's unbelievable. Yeah. You know. That's inspiration. <laughs> so so that's 
but you, you can't say that i couldn't have told that to me coming in the door who's yeah. mad when like, like you are laughing you're having fun i'm mad at you because <laughs> you are experiencing joy like that's how yeah. miserable i am so i couldn't come at me with this no. stuff and you then know? what's crazy is like you, you, <laughs> if you went to your old stuff and be like you know the pain you're experiencing right now something equal to that and i've had about six years <laughs> <laughs> just get ready for it <laughs> multiply by two oh, God. <laughs> and you can't use this time yeah wow <laughs> yeah oh, but that's scary but but no. <laughs> but it's like but i'm not afraid that's the, that's the thing i'm not afraid oh um that's amazing yeah <laughs> all right read your quote and we'll, oh and then okay, we'll send okay. it off <laughs> all right let me um let me put it up here on my phone so it's um it's a quote by a buddhist nun um you are better at pronouncing her name pima children yeah pima children um i had the book for years um, but my life hadn't fallen apart, so I never opened it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so talking about these experiences, like we're in deep pain and it's, most of us do not take these situations as teachings. We automatically hate them. We run away like crazy. We use all kinds of ways to escape and all addictions stem from this moment when we meet our edge and we just can't stand it. We feel we have to soften it, pat it with something and we become addicted to whatever it is that seems to ease the pain. Um, and it, we find some way to entertain us or soften the hard edges, deaden it so we don't have to feel the full impact of the pain that arises when we can't manipulate the situation or make us come, come out looking like we're okay or feeling okay. And it, it goes on to talk about, um, you know, through meditation, we're able to see clearly what's going on with our thoughts and emotions and we can let them go. And that's encouraging, even though if we, we shut down, we no longer shut down in ignorance. We know that we're shutting down and that in itself begins to uh, illuminate the darkness of an ignorance. Mm. And I was really put all these little notes <laughs> next to that part because i was like yes that's what has allowed me to experience the full spectrum of human emotion yeah and some of that's going to be pain in life but it doesn't have to be suffering and yeah. terrible and like it does not and you don't have to do it alone that's imperative that is imperative not to do it alone because as long as we have w the illusion that we're alone and we're separate we, we 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 do have to experience these things alone and the pain is so unbearable that it's almost like I, I you can't handle it i i i'm no. forced to choose a softening agent <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> whatever it much. may be you know you it doesn't have, have to. to be drugs i can i can choose to soften those things in sobriety with other things oh yeah you can just i mean seemingly sort of innocuous stuff like just gonna go home and watch eight hours of netflix and yeah. not have any relationships or shopping Drink, or drinking a whole liter <laughs> of coffee which i did during this podcast <laughs> <laughs> it's very impressive yeah. <laughs> it could you know it could be shopping it could be relationships it could be so much it could be yeah. um um but yeah but as long as we're but then you're never free no you're not truly free no, I mean, maybe we'll never be truly 100% free, but... But we just work. We work we towards there, it. And it gets better. Yeah, it does. Aubrey, thank you so much for doing thank this. Thank you. This was amazing, and I appreciate you um, giving of yourself today. Absolutely. That's good for me, too. All right. Awesome. <laughs>